All right. Back again, here we are. Yeah. Uh, back with our podcast, Unshaken. And we're we're in a chapter that we just talked, discussed. That is not the most, you know, appeasing mm-hmm. thing to talk about. Yeah. But it's something that does need to be gone into because it's happening to me at a much greater rate than we would like to admit. And chapter Absolutely. six of this book by Dr. Erin Lutzer, We Will Not Be Silent, is, is entitled Sexualize the Children. So you can understand just from that title uh, the content of what is going to be brought out in this in this chapter. So, Yeah, he opens up right on page 155 saying, Parents, and I include most Christian parents, no longer raise their children. Mm-hmm. Rather, culture does, most significantly through the Internet. And as we will read on in just a little bit, the, the education yeah. system, especially mm-hmm. the public school system. Sure. And that's... So true today, right? Uh, it's unfortunate. It's the sad reality that we face. And, yeah. um, you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to respond? There was a great documentary that came out uh, several months back now called Whose Children Are They? Yeah. And they talk about this very thing. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, they have parents, but the parents yeah. really aren't the 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 primary uh, influencers on, on the child's life. Yeah. Not anymore, at least. No. Yeah. I mean, if you think about, you know, where we have headed just economically over the last 20, 30 years with everything getting much more cost effective, you know, having to to put more out of pocket money to provide for the needs of your family, especially, you know, if you have one child, it's a little bit easier to accommodate. But when you have a bigger family, three, four children, then obviously, unless you are a white collar worker making a very good income mm-hmm. annually, then both both mom and dad have to work. Even moms working part-time, then where are the children placed? Of course, you know, daycare, daycare centers. So we know in daycare centers who's doing most of the um, entertaining interaction with those kids is those that are hired in the daycare center. Yeah. You know, so yeah. we see now um, whether it's deliberate, uh, you know, I, I'm sometimes I looking now um, taking the nucleus of your, your family with your kids out of the home. Then what happens? You have a, you have a, you have a fractured um uh, you know, interaction within your children mm-hmm. because they come back from home, come back, you pick them up from daycare. And then the quali- the question is how much quality time are you actually spending with them as a parent? Yeah. You're cooking dinner. Yeah. You got home. And especially, you know, the little kids, you're getting ready, cleaning up, getting them ready for bed. The older kids, they're doing their homework. And so there's very little interaction, you know, with their child. Like, you know, I have four. So thank the Lord, you know, when we went to Kentucky, I work. My wife did not work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being meaning if I had to work a second job, I would. Um, but I was on a small salary with the church, working full time. But at least she was able to stay home. And then when she did work, it was in, during the time when my children were all in school. So she was in working part time while the kids were in school and at home before they got out. Mm-hmm. So that that worked. But Yeah, that was more of the norm back then. Yes. yes and exactly. today, I think it's quite normal to, to see both uh, the father and mother in the house yep. uh, working full-time yep. jobs, and then the kids in school, and they, they pick them up after school. They go home. Kids are doing homework. There's there's chores that need tending to. And, yeah, how much time do we really have to to invest in them, to uh, speak speak truth yeah. and, and life in, into them? Yeah. Uh, I, I, know, I know for for me as a guy— you know, after a long, uh, hard day at work, 
um, it, it's not the most appealing thing to to go home and then work yeah. some more. You know, yeah. I mean, I feel like a typical good guy would would uh, much rather prefer to yeah. go home and sure. just kind of veg out and unwind. Sure. And um, you know, I've, I've caught myself at times doing that and just allowing yeah. the kids to to watch TV and 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 you know play mm-hmm. in their rooms, but. Um, it's a matter of uh, yeah, being intentional yeah. With, with them and, and really working with them and and being an example because yeah. they're always watching. Yeah, you have to be because you know if they're gonna feed off of you and you 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 know you and mom, mm-hmm. and as they get older, they're gonna remember their very things on how you were like you said intentional with them, uh, downtime involvement with them because when they get older and they have a family, then that's going to be a huge. Um, uh, you know, part of what they're going to do with their own children as well, they, because they saw the example that you set for them. Yeah. For, for, for like my boys, and I, I got to say, my my three boys, they they are very involved with their kids. Andrew, especially my youngest, he's very very involved with his four children, which I'm very. My wife and talk about. He's of all the three boys, hmm. and they all are. He is the most. I mean, him and him and his wife and him especially, they do a lot of things for their children, which is very very good yeah and, and we they, talked about in previous yeah. episodes how important that, that father figure role is in the it life is. of a child but I like what he says here yeah. i want to move on mm-hmm. right right at the end of page 155 so i don't want to read about the two, 204 pew uh research polls but it says thus technology fest facilitated cultural change more quickly than anyone could have imagined and we know yep. that to be true and then on yep. top of 156 he writes a cell phone in a teenager's hand is doing more to shape their worldview than one hour of sunday school or the admonitions of parents we are failing to pass our faith on to the next generation because they are captives to the culture, social media, their peers, and the indoctrination by the public schools. So I did a, I did a little research on about technology, and this is what I came up with. 2022, check this out. It says one in five eight-year-old, oh, eight-year-olds own their own smartphone. One in five, mm. eight years old. It says teens spend an average of seven hours and 22 minutes a day on their phones. And kids ages 8 to 12, 4 hours and 44 minutes a day on their phone. Yeah. And that's, you think about that, it's, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. You know, so the kids come home from school or in school on free time, they're on their phones. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, I had a friend that was a teacher at, in Kentucky at, um, I was in my school. Anyway, she was a part of a church, and um, she made the, the kids, when they walked in, she had a container, like a shoebox, shoe container, box container, made them put their cell phones in that in that box. Mm-hmm. Nobody was allowed to um, have cell phones during the class time, and they would be able to pick up their phones after the class period was over, which I thought was great because then there was no distractions. Yeah. But I don't know how enforced that is in schools today. I don't know. I'm not in school, so I don't know. Yeah. You know I don't know what the policy is today. The, the, the times have surely changed. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll, sh- I'll share this one story. So when I was in the third grade, this was back in 2000 or 2001. Mm-hmm. I was about eight or nine years old. I got my first. I got my first phone back then, uh, but it was for for a couple of reasons, right? I caught the school bus, right? From uh, it's about a easy 45 minutes to an hour commute each way, mm-hmm. and so the the phone was for me to to call my dad, you know, let him know that we got to school safely. Mm-hmm. Let him know that oh, we're we're leaving school and we're we're getting close to the bus stop. You can you know um, come pick us up or, mm-hmm. or get you know leave the house to come and pick us up now. And so it it was 
it was for that purpose and that purpose alone. It mm-hmm. was a it was a Motorola brick phone, <laughs> so not even not not even close to being a smartphone. Texting was still kind of, you know, on the cutting edge, uh-huh. and um, and I and I grew up throughout my elementary school years with my dad reminding constantly reminding me what is the phone for? The phone is for making calls, mm-hmm. all right, and for for communicating back and forth, and that and that's it. Mm-hmm. But now, yeah, you have kids that age, yep. not with just a you know phone for for making phone calls, but Anything. a smart a smartphone or a smart device that allows them to download whatever apps they want to yeah. you, you know use and games and and uh, the, the most dangerous one is is the internet browsers sure. because sure. if there's no uh, parental controls and, and blocking, then they can basically expose themselves to anything and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you do have your child, you, if you're going to give your child a phone, like my son Jared, he has um, he has parental blocks, like on a nice phone. Yeah, certain things he blocks so that she's not allowed to do, mm-hmm. which is smart, you know, because she's a teenager. Yeah, you know, I'm not just going to explore things that are unbecoming, immoral, but calling people that she knows she shouldn't be calling and talking with, yep. like boys and stuff like that, which is something that every teenager is tempted to do. Right. So he puts a block on the phone. She's not allowed to have the phone in the daytime because she's homeschooled. So mom's home. She takes the phone, and after she's done with what her responsibilities are, then she has access to the phone again. But again, with limited, um, you know, boundaries. She has boundaries. So if she violates the boundary, I'm going to tell you, she's had her phone taken away. I can't tell you how many times already for violating the boundaries. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But it's it's it's. I mean, technology is good. I'm not going to argue against the use of technology. But yeah. boy, Satan in the hands of Satan. It's, it's, it's become destructive, especially for the younger generation. Totally. Big time. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, piggybacking off of that paragraph, he says, okay. parents clothe their children, feed them, and send them to school, but the hearts of their kids are being stolen and molded by a world that many of us don't understand. Yeah. So like we were just talking about, you know, we, we spend all this time working and providing for the family mm-hmm. and, and doing this and that, but, you know, is it is it just us going through the motions and and we have a set routine and and that's just what we do or are we are we taking the time to to sit down with our kids and you know another quick story i remember my dad every day picking picking my brother and i up from from the bus stop after school Mm -hmm. we get into the the car or the truck and the first question out of his mouth is how was your day Mm -hmm. and he wouldn't just ask that um you know, just, just because mm-hmm. like he, he sincerely was, was interested in wanting to know, mm-hmm. you know, what, what went on in our day, yeah. either good or bad. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm reminded of that now as, you know, sure. uh, as a new father and uh, just, you know, wanting to be involved mm-hmm. and, and letting your kids know that you, you care about yeah. them. And that way, when, when they get older, they're a little bit more yeah. comfortable around yeah. you especially when it comes to talking about uh some of the the hard things mm-hmm. or maybe it's you know embarrassing yeah. and and shameful things that they don't uh really feel comfortable yeah. talking about but hey they know that they can trust yeah. their mom or their dad uh rather than going to to somebody else and yeah. and talking to someone who may not give them you know sound yeah. advice or or may influence them and and steer them in a completely different direction yeah parent parents too i mean for myself and my wife will tell you my boys i was very much involved up at the school here at, at um pro city high school mm-hmm. when i heard things like my kids were being you know a little bit on the uh, rascal side so i'm up there i want to know what's going on talking with the counselors 
being involved, if I heard something, if my son came home and said, my teacher, X, Y, Z, I didn't blow, I went up there and I wanted to find out why. Yeah. And uh, so parents need to be involved with their children. When they say something, you know, don't ignore it, especially if it's from a, a school setting. You need to go up there and, and get to the root of the matter, mm-hmm. um, find out what's going on. I did that even in, in Kentucky with my oldest son at Chase Creek High School. And uh, because of, not he was a, wasn't involved with prop trouble, he was just, you know, always talking mm-hmm. and being disruptive. And then eventually he got transitioned out of that school to Martin Luther King. It was like a military school. Mm. The idea was to get you transitioned back through discipline and, and staying on task back in the public school system. So that was a really good school for him. But parents today, I, I don't know how much they get involved with their kids up at school when they hear of situations or they side with their kids and not to get to the root of the problems. You know what I'm saying? A lot, a lot of parents will just blame the education system for the problems that the child is having in the school and not really discuss, well, what's going on kind yeah. of thing. And, yeah. and that's what I want. I want to find what's going on because, you know, my kid's being an idiot, a knucklehead, then, yeah, no, he needs to be suffer the consequences for behavior. But if he is wrongfully being treated, then I'm going to, I want to get to the root of it because that's my son. That's mm-hmm. my kids. I want to make sure they know that they know that I'm on your side. But if you do something wrong, yeah, you, you're going to get what is coming to you. So, yeah, yeah. so I don't know how much kids are up there in the, in the education system just and even staying on top of the education system to find out what what are your kids being learned in school, especially today, because mm-hmm. this book brings that out. Like yeah. you know, it says in the middle of paragraph one fifty six. According to today's culture, you are whatever you you feel you are, right? And so now there's so many restrictions. If a kid says, "I feel like I'm a guy, but I feel like a girl," then a parent's not supposed to challenge that, right? I mean, the book brings that out mm-hmm. where they're making things so protective for on a child's identity you know, gender identity that the parents don't have a right to refute that. Mm. And it's, and it's, it's crazy. So it is in going down the bottom uh, paragraphs is perhaps nowhere do we see the work of Satan in America as clearly as we do in the sexualization of children, destroying their identity, confusing their gender and creating unresolved guilt and self-hatred. And it's out there. I mean, it's, it's so, I mean, it's so prominent now. It's not mm. even like before it was like, okay, you, you're in the closet. There was a shame yep. to admit you were gay or, or you were homosexual. Today, that's not the case. It's like, I'm proud to be who I am, and this is just the way I've been created, and who are you tell me otherwise? If I'm a guy, but I feel like I'm a girl, then I'm really a girl. Mm-hmm. Like, And the book says, you know, well, if a boy says he has a period, then you can't challenge that. I'm like, really? Yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have the organs to, to have that happen, but yet... That's what this book brings out. I mean, we're kind of getting ahead of the story, but yeah. And this is not an easy subject to talk about. Yeah. But parents, you know, you have kids, man. You better you better know what the school education system is indoctrinating your kids because if you don't, then there's going to be consequences down the mm-hmm. road. You know. And and say, like you said, Satan has so many different tactics. Yep. Right. Exactly. If he can't if he can't overwhelm you with the guilt and the shame and the self hatred, mm-hmm. then he'll he'll do all that he can to bring about confusion, yep. or he will. He will destroy uh, what is what is true yep. uh, about you as a person, yep. and creating you know further con- confusion and uh, a loss of, of of identity. Oh, that's exactly yeah. what he's doing right now is yeah. is having you as a as a young person to question your your self identity. Mm-hmm. Am I really am I really who I am? Yeah. I mean, this is the way I was born, but am I am I really this? 
and and they 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 play on that if you question your sexuality then they play on that to say well you know what maybe you're not what you think you are maybe you are really a, a female you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying and they and they aggressively pursue that and and, and but it's tragic you know and but it's it's very pronounced and it's very prominent and we know that the this organization is going to push the limits until they get their way yeah and we see what's going on right now i mean they're powerful I and mean, nobody can deny the power and the persuasiveness of the LBGTQ organization. They are very, very um, aggressive because they want to get their way. And um, I mean, God yep. loves them. I mean, when we're, we're yep. on the podcast, hey, we don't hate them, not at all, but I will not in any way compromise and agree with what they believe in, mm-hmm. which as a pastor, and you and I are pastors, we know what the Word of God says. Yeah. You know, it's, it's wrong. And, and Jesus gives a strong warning. He he writes here, right? In Matthew yep. 18, verses 5 and 6, yep. Jesus says, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, mm-hmm. it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Those are <sighs> those are real condemning yeah. words to show you the, how much Christ cares about kids. That's right. You know, the education... The spiritual nurturing and the and also the identity of who they really are, mm-hmm. and this includes you know leading those astray through false teaching. Yeah, I mean it, it goes all the way out. I mean people from the pulpit, and that's the problem today. You know, as with the church, which this Sunday I'm gonna bring out some stats about what's going on with the church and with pastors. But the point of the matter is there, there's a progressive church movement today. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's really really. For me as a pastor, it's very concerning because, you know, I've seen the paradigm shift in the church from, I guess, saving 79, went through all that in the 80s. I went to Kentucky in, in 92 and slowly but surely begin to see a paradigm shift in the church. Yep. You know, no longer being the force that we were created to be, but little by little, you know, embracing mm-hmm. the cultural yep. values. Yep. And now look where we're at today. Yep. The church has gotten a lot softer than... Yeah, this Sunday you're going to hear some stats that are going to oh, blow man. your mind. I mean, I did some research. It's it's, it's it's heartbreaking to hear, you know, where the church is at today. And I'm speaking about America, not other countries, but in America. Oh so, yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, he makes a good a good point here in uh, on page 157, uh, quoting uh, Hitler, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Nazi yeah. Germany. He said Hitler was right. He alone, he alone, who owns the youth, gains the future. And this is what it is. This is what it's become, a fight for <laughs> yep. the next generation and, and controlling them yep. in the messages that yep. we, we send to them and yep. and what they ultimately end up believing. Yep. And be what's, what's really doing it to own this generation, these young kids, it, it's social media. It's the media. It's yep. TikTok, yep. You know, Instagram, media itself, you name it. I mean, you, you look at TikTok and it's, it's crazy how many kids follow stupid trends that end up costing their life. But again... Mm-hmm. That's what's owning the young generation. They're totally wrapped up in all that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, Hitler made a great point. You know, you own the youth, you gain the future. And look who's, what's going on today, who's mm-hmm. trying to grab a hold of our youth. You know, Satan's using yeah. all the progressive left to accomplish that um, for the downfall of this nation. I mean, they're mm-hmm. the future. If you think about it, they're the, if, Gary, if God tarries another 10 years, yep. let's just say hypothetically, then what is our future going to look like? Because they are the future, the youth. Those yeah. kids that are 15, 16 now, they become 25, 26. That's the future of tomorrow. 
So where will we be in 10 years if we don't turn the, the trend around and grab a hold of these kids to help them understand how important it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. Where we're going to be? Yeah. And it's, you know, we've, you, you've talked about this, and you, you've mentioned this before, too, about how Jesus and, and the gospel, the Word of God, it doesn't need any added wow factors no. to create appeal and draw. So, yeah, it's is it just a matter of, of getting these kids to to get washed yeah. with water by the Word? Is that... Yeah, I, you know, the point is, is, you know, we don't have to do anything to make the Word more appeasing, but just to share the truth the way it is. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, when I got saved, I just heard the truth. God got a hold of my heart. Yep. The invitation was given. I went forward, my wife and we accepted Christ. I mean, because I already was at a place in my life that I knew I needed change, that whatever I was doing wasn't working. And I think the challenge today in America is because is this fact is, well, what is truth? Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, because you hear so many different variations coming from different teachings of what the Bible truth really is. And so you have a generation of young kids saying, well, this person said this is the truth. Why do you say what you're telling me is the truth? Just like Christianity. Yeah. What is a Christian? That's my study of the Sundays on what is a Christian? Hmm. The anatomy of, of a genuine Christian, right? So what is the anatomy of a genuine Christian? One person says is this. You have others say, say, well, you know, you can find God by being just a good person. You don't need to go through all the other steps, the X, Y, Zs. And so how do we educate these kids? I, I think my personal thinking is what Jesus said, you know, um, to love them. You know, by their love, your love for them, it opens up the door of opportunity to share with them the biblical truth. Mm-hmm. Because before we got saved, God loved us immensely to draw yeah. us to himself. I mean, Jeremiah, you know, I love you with an everlasting love, with therefore with loving kindness, I have drawn you. He said, I didn't draw you by works. I didn't draw you by my sacrifice. I didn't draw you by even faith. I drew you to me first with love. Mm-hmm. And then I send a grace to you so you can believe by faith what I had to give to you for right. salvation. Yep. And I think that's for us as Christians, we, we sometimes complicate matters. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, Pastor Chuck always had a thing, just keep it simple, Saint. Yeah. It no. is. It's it's a simple Keep gospel. It simple, exactly. And that message never changes. No. But the way that we deliver it uh, can, and yep. I think uh, exactly. should, right, for this next generation, yep. because with all the social media and and them being wrapped up in yep. these things on their devices, yep. I I really believe that their attention span oh. has gone from oh, yeah. this to this. You 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 hit the nail on that. That's that's it. Yeah. Even in, in, in church, that's yeah. a good example, Yeah. right? You, you, you teach a Bible study, and you're, you're 35, 40 minutes, and if, you, if you're in the pulpit, you can tell those people that are a little bit getting squirmy, like, okay, mm-hmm. get it over with. Right. And uh, do that we, never should be so. And yeah, so what do we, what do, we do? Do we, do we cater to that and maybe shorten the message and keep it just you know, short and sweet and to the point, or do we— Keep doing what we're doing, and hopefully over time yeah. they they change. Yeah, as my, I, I think we don't we can't um, limit what God has put with on your heart mm-hmm. to share. Right, right. Just because maybe people don't want to go to that extent or the extreme of sitting under a forty five minute teaching. Because mm-hmm. um, I I won't ever change that, but I am also I'm very conscious of other things going on, like mm-hmm. you know people in children's ministry. You don't want to go an hour and ten minutes and 
But the point of the matter is I understand also people's attention span. They, and it's true, after 50 minutes, this is gone. Yeah. That's why they say, like on a Sunday morning service, you, you, you keep your studies to a minimum because most people's attention stands on a Sunday morning are not as long as those Sunday night and Wednesday. Because normally mm -hmm. people come Sunday night and Wednesday, they're the hardcores. Yep. They want the Word yep. of God. They're hungry. Yeah. They're hungry. You can go 50 minutes, 60 minutes, and that's not going to bother them. Sunday morning a little bit different because you have visitors, you have families, you have kids and children's ministry, so you have to be kind of um, conscious and sensitive to that. But for myself, I would never change what God's called me to do just to appease the body of Christ, unless yeah, God yeah. says, this is what you need to do. I mean, right, I'll give right. you an example. When I was in Kentucky, I know I only taught what I knew, expository teaching, mm -hmm. but I would look out at the congregation, they're looking at me like, what are you talking about? That kind of thing, <laughs> right? And I, it was, I was getting frustrated, like, what the heck? So I talked to my board and my, one of my friends, a guy named Gary, said, you know what? You may probably need to pare it back and maybe start teaching more devotionally. Meaning, hmm. instead of doing a three-point study, keep it real simple and then see how they respond. So I took his advice and I taught like that for about a year and a half and it made a world of difference. Hmm. Because now they were beginning to understand. It was now I'm giving them the milk. Right. They were right. grasping it. Now I could, was able to go back to expository teaching. Um, so that was a really good advice that he gave me. But... Today, it's completely different today. Um, I got, know, they, I, I, yeah. I've seen a couple of high school boys walking into the sanctuary, no joke, with those AirPods in their ears, all service long. And it's like, not only is that disrespectful, but yeah. how, do, how are you able to, to really listen yeah. and give heed to what is being spoken? I'm like, where are you going in there in the first place for then? Yeah. You know, what's the, what's yeah. the point? I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, I think too, as pastors, <laughs> we definitely have to. I don't want to say reinvent ourselves, but definitely there's got to be a little bit more from us, just a sensitivity of what's going on with people. God, what are they? And that's why prayer mm -hmm. is so important. You know, when you yeah. prepare a study, Lord, you know, how, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? Kind mm -hmm. of thing. And like I said before, I mean, it's not hard to put together a Bible study. It's very simple. I've been doing it for so long. The challenge and the difficulty is, is putting together something that God wants you to deliver. And that takes time, prayer, and just seeking the Lord and reading over text or whatever you're going to give to the congregation mm -hmm. as that's morning's feeding. But the youth, I, I, you know, we have to have today, I think like never before, we have to have a really a conscious um, desire to reach this youth in whatever way we can with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, there's so many creative ways we can do that. Like, for example, you know, I do reach. That's a great, you know, you, you've been involved in reach, so you mm -hmm. know. Yeah. It's a great outreach of getting kids connected with basketball, but then their hearts soften to the gospel because of testimonies that are given during the day. Mm -hmm. That you guys sit down, there's team bonding, you're kind of picking their brains, find out where they're at spiritually, which all leads up to their hearts being open to when we are able to share with them about making a decision for Christ. Yeah. So there are ways I think we have to be creative, look outside the box sometimes. You mm -hmm. know, how can we reach these young kids? And these young kids today, they're they're messed up, man. I mean, I, I see them. They are just I don't know. I've never seen youth like today like ever before. I've never I'm looking at when I grew up compared to today. It's it's a world, it's a whole new world out there mm. with these young kids, you know. And education is is what's influencing this corruption on their behavior, their beliefs, and like you said there's they're under or, or questioning their self-identity. Yeah, yeah. Which is really really it's 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 sad to see what's going on. Check this out on, on the middle of page 159. It says, the goal of the secularists is clear. 
attack any yeah. form of decency, sacredness, or normal sexual relations, confuse the children by awakening sexual desires reserved for adults, and utterly destroy any concept of the traditional family, mm-hmm. encourage children to have multiple sexual experiences, and in the process, reap the consequences, more abortions, more anti-religious bigotry, and most importantly, more broken homes. Mm-hmm. The more children are born the more children are born out of wedlock, the more susceptible they are to be shaped according to Marxist principles. And what that's, is that? That's yeah. support from the government. Yep. You know, welfare. Yep. Hey, we'll take care of you. You know, uh, yep. uh, yeah. free handouts. Yep. Hey, it's okay. You I mean you, 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 this happens to everybody, but we'll help you out. You still deserve, yep. you know, as much, yep. you know, resources and, exactly. and, and money as the next person. And we see that happening at a, at a higher percentage rate yep. today. Like ever before. And then he moves on and starts talking about how, okay, they're, they're pushing this agenda. They're trying to sexualize these, these young teens. Mm-hmm. And, and then what? And then they, they start exploring yep. you know, their sexuality, getting involved intimately with, with other you know, people, uh, getting pregnant yep. at a very young age. And then what do they do? Then they, then, then they go and they create an agency to respond. Right? He said... Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Top of 160, Planned Parenthood is pioneering a new model of reproductive health services. Yeah, reproductive <laughs> health services for LA County teens by opening 50 clinics at area high schools. Yeah. The program will offer full range of birth control options, testing, treatment for uh, STIs, and pregnancy counseling, mm-hmm. but not abortion for an estimated 75,000 teens. The program will also train hundreds of teens to be. Peer advocates to help provide information about safe sex and relationships. Um, you know, they, they'll be able to walk into clinics and appointments and and allowed to leave during class time. It, this is crazy. Yep. And without, without your parents knowing it. I yeah. Mean, that. Yeah. 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 It says right there. And healthcare providers are not allowed to inform a parent without the minor's position and permission. When is that? I mean, that's that's upside down, right? But here's the, here's something that is so ridiculous. So I don't know if it's still the same today. But if you were if you had a 13 or 14 year a minor a, a daughter that wanted to get their her ears pierced, mm-hmm. you have to have parental permission. I don't know about that now, but it was. You have to have. Yeah. If I if my daughter went up to get her ears pierced, let's say at the mall, oh no, we need uh, we need parental permission for us to do that. But this you don't need to tell your parents when mm-hmm. you're going to be involved with getting uh, birth control, yeah. everything else. I, I, it's I, like I can only imagine how many girls nowadays, teenage girls, are on birth control, and yeah, mom, mom, dad doesn't even know, yep. and they're they're sexually active, multiple partners, yep. even probably, you know, and and they don't and ever, not, and they don't tell you the danger of of you getting involved in that. You still have the issue to deal with as HIV that hasn't gone away, mm-hmm. you know, um, genital herpes, which is you get that, it's for life. Um, it can cause you to become. Uh, uh, infertile, you not have kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many, there's so many um, negative effects of of being involved in intimate relationships before you're supposed to, and especially multiple partners that you don't even know who that other individual has been with, whether male or female, and transmitting to you a disease that could scar you for life. Yeah. But they don't tell you that kind of stuff. They tell you, oh, this is the norm. Yep. And they make yep. it seem like if you're not the one doing it, involved in that, you're you're the Abnormal person. Yeah, you're, you're weird. Out, you're out of sync and out of step with the culture. Yeah, yeah. It's like ridiculous. Like abstinence is nowhere to be found in sex ed curriculum no. anymore, right? Like that's. No. Like, oh no 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 that that nobody does that anymore. No. 
but that's you know that's the safest way and 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 the proven you know way 100 yeah. percent of the time prevents any of this right i mean to me like when when they give the title safe sex i want to explain to me what is that yeah what is safe sex there's no such thing as safe sex the only safe sex is no sex to me what is safe sex yeah. wearing a or, condom or, or 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 safe sex in in a marriage relationship in, yes there, that between one man one, one woman, woman and that's, a, a, yes that's the safe but as far as safe sex for teens there's no, no such thing no. i mean that that's that, that is a, such a deceptive terminology to use to tell like well you can you can you can do safe sex no you there's no such thing yeah or a condom take how safe and 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 preventive is that they mm-hmm. it's not 100 percent sure proof the only safe sex is just to save yourself from marriage that god says ordained between one man and one woman i mean hebrews mm-hmm. you know the bed is undefiled above all things i mean marriage is undefiled a bed is undefiled above all, all all things and he says um Better sacred between mm-hmm. two one couple, but he says fornicators and adulterers, I'll judge. Yeah. And so what is that saying? From a biblical perspective and standpoint, God's saying the only place I allow intimate relationships in my eyes that is that is legal, ordained, is mm-hmm. between a man and a woman that is united together as one in marriage. That's it. That's right. And we can't change that. But again, you have churches that are on the progressive left that is fallen into the cultural norm of saying it's okay. Yeah, it's okay, yeah. because this is after all, this is the 21st century, mm-hmm. and again under the premise because God is the love and He's compassionate for all. He knows we have our weaknesses and our and our, and our fallibilities, mm-hmm. but that doesn't change God to compromise with sin. Mm-hmm. That doesn't change anything. So share real, real briefly. I know we're we're running a little short on okay. time today, but real briefly, like if, I'm sure in in all your years of pastoral ministry, you've you've come across I'm sure some very young couples. Mm-hmm. Maybe even in their in their teens, mm-hmm. that have been you know sexually uh, active and mm-hmm. in a in a relationship, and maybe even dealing with a teen pregnancy mm-hmm. on your hands. How how would you counsel them through through that? What would you say, and what would be your, your well? You don't want to condemn them. That's the one thing. You know, we can be um, judgmental. I mean, because y- y'all make mistakes. They're young. I take that into consideration. Yeah. Let's say they're age, or yeah. let's say they're twenty. Um, they're young, you know, twenty-year-old w- w- male and a female. They're, you know, they're they're at their they're at their hitting their peak, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and when it comes to sexuality, yeah. And then obviously they fall to sexual sin. One, if they're not married, then I counsel them the importance of, of working toward a relationship to where you both can be ready to marry. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's a it's a sense of uh, and slippery slope because you don't want two young people to get married when they're not really ready for that responsibility. It can cause more um, detriment than good. Yeah. And so what do you do? You you give them some mentoring and some good biblical advice about the consequences of what has happened. Hey, this is the consequences. You guys know that, mm-hmm. um, especially if they're Christians. They usually come in, they feel very remorseful. They, they know that they made a mistake. They did something very terrible. What's the next step? And, of course, you, you want to minister to them, mentor them that— somewhere down God's time that you want to look toward committing yourself in marriage. Now, sometimes they're living with their parents. So I would say, well, what did your parents feel where you're at as far as your relationship together or that, or, or ask them, how long have you guys been together? Mm-hmm. They might say, well, we've been together for a, a couple of years, you know, from high school to now. And then I take in all the considerations as far as, you know, where they're at spiritually and their walk with God. If they're living at home um, if you got married, would that be conducive for you to stay at your parents' home mm-hmm. and then in time be able to move on and get on your own? 
to um, start your own life together. Uh, but I don't push it uh, because as sometimes you say, well, you know, you need to get married because you're living in sin. Yeah, yeah, I've heard uh, that one. Before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't take that approach because I don't think two wrongs make a right. Mm-hmm. It can actually make things more complicated. I would never encourage um, couples to get married when I know they're not ready for it. That that's to me is suicidal. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's never going to work. So you you spend time with them, run through scriptures. You might even be able to to uh, you know over a period of like like do premarital counseling over four, five, six weeks, and then follow up, give them homework to do, then see where they're at, talk to them, find out where they're also where they're at in their um, financial perspective. Can you afford to get married? Mm. So there's just a lot of variables. Yeah. Uh, the main thing yeah. is you want to just encourage them to stay focused and faithful in their walk with God. When the child is born, do their very best to raise that child um, the way they, they should as mm. Christian parents. Young parents, it's, it's not easy. It's, yeah. it's a challenge, you know. It's, I mean, I wasn't a young parent, so I don't know. I was 32 and I had my ch- when I had Jared, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's like to be in your 20s and have that happen. You mm. know? It, it's a very different scenario when you're 20, 21, 22, as opposed to me, I was 32. So I was ready for parenthood. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not an easy, um, it's not an easy uh, situation. But my, for me, I don't want to ever discourage somebody or make them feel, you know, they committed the unpardonable sin. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. And yeah. uh, hopefully in, uh, down the road that you'll, you'll see them come together, get married. Like, like, I, like I, did a, I, I married a couple um, uh, during COVID because they were living in sin. But I knew the parents very well. They asked me that we want this to happen because they need to. And they, it wasn't that they couldn't get on their own. They could. They were just literally living in sin. So marry them. Um, I know the family very well. So my prayer was, Lord, I pray I'm doing the right thing. Kind of. So anyway, I, I did that house blessing, or the business blessing, and I saw them mm-hmm. uh, there. It's, uh, he's the oldest son of the uh, person that owns the business. And it's good to see them. They're doing really well. So nice. I talked to them. I yeah. talked to them. He goes, no, man, pass up. You married? Uh, his name is, I think it's Keenan. Mm-hmm. I go, yeah. I go, hey, what's up? I haven't seen you. He goes, ah, how you guys? Oh, good. Look, here's our, they have like a <laughs> six, about six month old baby boy. Cool, cool. So they, they seem to be doing well. Yeah. Doing really good. It wasn't that they weren't, um, aff- they couldn't afford to get on. They were just being basically lazy. They didn't want to. Mm. And the mom and dad pushed, said, no, um, if you're not going to get married, then you know you were going to disconnect you. You're living in sin. Yeah. So they did. It was good. So yeah, it was, it turned out that turned out well. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's one of the things that turned out well. Right on. Right on. Not an easy thing though. So, uh, and I think yeah. you as a pastor, you may end up coming across more of that today. You know, us counseling younger kids that get themselves in that type of predicament, mm-hmm. and we have to be ready. Yeah. I uh, mean, I think I think of Jesus, right, and that and that woman caught in adultery, yeah. and and how he responded. Yeah. Uh, in in grace and compassion, yep. but there has to be a balance, right? You yep. have you have to speak the truth yep. in love, and you have to, um, you know, extend the grace, but yep. also, you know, be be biblical yep. about about yep. things. Hey, it, sin is sin. Well, and, he said the same thing. I don't I don't yeah. condemn you either, but sinning, uh, but go go and sin no more. That's right. That yeah. was the thing he said, and I, I, and that's that's the hard part is because we don't know we don't know people's situations and predicaments. He did. He's God. We don't. Yeah. yeah. And we can only pray that when we come across situations like you were explaining, that we do the right thing, we say the right things, that helps that couple move into the right direction to make things, you know, um, above board as far as their relationship with God and themselves mm-hmm. as well, so that God can bless 
their their marriage or bless the the couple, bless the baby that's born, things like that. But we don't right. know. Right. It's it's a really difficult situation um, right. to handle, right. to deal with. And so going back, and we'll, we'll probably uh, end it end it here with this section. But yeah, he says on uh, middle of one sixty, we see the strategy of the radical left: create a problem, then create an agency to respond to it. Mm-hmm. And we're talking here specifically about. Uh, the teens in mm-hmm. America, uh, and and the the, the sexual uh, activity uh-huh. um, amongst this age group, but I just wonder, you know, where the line will be drawn. Just just like you have these guys in the LGBTQ mm-hmm. uh, party, and and that you see their agenda. Yep, I could I could easily see in the near future a whole lot of teens coming together and say, hey, we have these rights now. Yep. Where we can go and get an abortion without our parents knowing, yep. we can get these, you know, reproductive health services without our parents knowing. What else can we do, yep. independently of our parents, before we turn eighteen? Yeah. And yeah, let's do it now. Well, you know, it, that, it, it could be a slippery slope. And, and that's what you know. You think about what's going on, and that's basically what they're doing is is trying to take the um, parental rights of our children mm-hmm. out of our hands. In yep. other words. In, in short, they're saying, your kids don't belong to you. Mm. They belong to the culture. Yeah. And no, it, it wouldn't shock me if that happens because we're moving in that trend as well. With all the different vices that are out there, that's the one thing they know. We can, If we can disenfranchise families or kids from their parents, then they're going to win the culture big time. Yeah. Yeah. And they're moving in that direction yeah. right now. To I a mean, point where maybe it's perfectly legal. In the fu- in the near future, for at fifteen, sixteen, be drinking, smoking, having a driver's license, and yeah. driving around. I like, mean, that's that's a scary. What's thought. to say that they won't legalize pedophilia? Yeah, that's a normal sexual behavior. Right, right. I mean, that that's next too. There'll be a cold day in hell if if I if anybody try to violate my grandkid, I will go to jail. Yeah, in a heartbeat. There ain't no way. Yeah, I mean that's to me that's that's sick. Mm-hmm. To have that type of deviant behavior, you're, you're not normal. Right. You're not, I don't care how anybody could say that they would legalize that as something as normal sexual behavior. There ain't no way. Yeah. You would have you would have a lot of parents in jail. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, you would. Yeah. Yeah. Protecting their kids or grand. It'd be I would. Civil war, man. I have grandkids. There's no way that I would let some sick person violate one of my grandchildren there ain't yeah. no way I, I will i will go to jail for my grandkids there's yeah. no doubt yeah i don't have a, i don't have a problem saying that i mean i don't think any parent that has a care concern and a love for their own children their grandchildren would not do otherwise mm-hmm. they would yeah that's just that's just the way you know we're wired yeah to protect our kids but to that we say maranatha right exactly. Lord, come quickly yeah and I, that's that's yeah that's we probably yeah. said the best lord you know before all we get to that Please. place yeah yeah take us out take us out of here and um let the world become what it deserves to get you know yeah. that's judgment yeah it's going to come down to that yeah wow this is a heavy this is a heavy topic yeah it's definitely topic. not something i yeah. enjoy talking about and you know find pleasure in but it's it's the truth of of, yeah. of the matter. This is reality, yeah. And we can't shy away from yeah. that. Yeah, and you have if you have children, you know, whether uh, a, a son or a daughter in college, you know, stay on top of stuff. Mm-hmm. Let them ask questions. What do they What do they see there? What are some of the influences there? So that you, as a parent, you're well aware of what your child may be influenced by. 
Yeah. So that you don't get caught by surprise. Same with same with public school. The same thing. Yeah. College yeah. is probably the harder one because yeah. oftentimes the the college student moves away, right? Yeah. Thousands of miles yeah. away, you know, to this university yeah. in another state somewhere and yeah. and what maybe you get a phone call once or twice a week. Like yeah. that's that's yeah. not a whole lot of time to, to talk and figure out how he or yeah, she is there's doing. so much aggression on of course you know today especially on, on university campuses against christianity i mean they're very aggressive when they find out you're a christian to kind of basically dismantle your faith mm-hmm. and i mean i'm talking with two parents today that have their kids in college and both of them both parents have told me they've seen a change in their child not for the good mm. and i think and they they're basically moving away from the faith that they were so solid in not so solid anymore and we'll talk we'll talk next week about about even the christian colleges and seminaries uh today because even in those institutions there's compromise yeah and that little leaven leaven yeah good stuff today john really 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 good stuff it's hard hard but you know we pray that you guys take this stuff and you know you decipher through it yourself do your own homework. Do your own research. Don't just take our word for it. We're, we're just talking from a book, yeah. which is a very good book, and I would encourage you, hey, get this book yourself. Pick up a copy. Yeah, yeah pick up a copy. Go through it on your own and use your own discretion what you think as well. But the book is well-documented, a lot of footnotes in the back. Um, he does well-balanced from both sides, mm-hmm. um, so that's one thing why we enjoy this book. But for you as parents out there or whoever's listening, if you have kids, man, just stay on top of them. Yeah. You know, make sure you know what's going on, their peer groups, um, what's being edu- they're being educated about, yeah. Yeah. and ask the questions. Be involved as a yeah. family. That's what we're supposed to be. Pray for them. Yes. Pray with them. Yes. yes. Uh, we 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 do our best to to make it a you know every every morning, every night. Yeah. We're we're praying Other together. Than, yes. Exactly. And um, you know, just committing them to the Lord. Yeah. Exactly. Let's pray, Bob. All right, Father, we thank you today for uh, giving us this time mm-hmm. and uh, showing us just the depravity of our world yes, that we Lord. live in. Help us to be salt and light, mm-hmm. to uh, to find opportunities and openings to to share the gospel, yes, to share Lord. your truth and your original design mm-hmm. that was uh, created out of a perfect love. And uh, yes. we, we just, we just want to uh, impact this world for you mm-hmm. and not be deceived by, by lies and deceptions and uh, you know, false winds of doctrine. And we pray that you would come soon for your yes, church, Lord. for your bride. Um, but in the meantime, keep us obedient, keep us faithful mm-hmm. and committed uh, to what you've called us to. Yes, that is to uh, win souls and make disciples. So we give you all the glory. Thank you again yes, for Lord. this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, all right you guys, take care. Yep, see you Have next week. Have a blessed week. one. Hey, go for God. Go for God. <laughs>